come with me into the tormented, haunted, half-lit night of the insane. This is my work. Let me lead you into it. Let me take you into the mind of a woman and welcome to Beyond the Cabin in the Woods, a good ghoul's guide to horror. I'm your polter guide, Kinsey. I'm your polter guide, Donna. I'm your polter guide, Mac, and I have apples in my mouth right now. <laughs> apples. Polter guide Debbie said she was going down to Mud Creek, Texas. To There was an Egyptian exhibit going on that she wanted to see. It's fine. It's fine. But does anybody get the sense that we really had a Debbie impersonator for a while. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm quite certain that was the real Debbie. Uh, yes. Yes. Quite Nine, certain that yeah. was the, the real Debbie. Yeah. I'm giving it 90% certainty, but there, it, it, it's, it, it, can I say it's 100% lock? No. <laughs> Debbie always had that third eye, though. <laughs> right? Debbie always did have three eyes. Yeah, always. All right. So (laughs) this week we watched the 2002 cult classic Bubba Hotep starring the one, the only Bruce Campbell. So let's go around. Did you like it? Did you not like it? Had you seen it before? Donna? Hail to the chin, baby. (laughs) Um, No, I'd never seen it before. Um, I... I had heard of it because I am a Bruce Campbell fan. Um, I enjoyed this movie. Um, I think Bruce Campbell carried it on his chin. But uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, I don't think I've ever seen a movie Bruce Campbell was in that I didn't enjoy. But I do think Bruce Campbell carried it. So there. I had fun watching this movie. All right, Mac. Uh, I've seen it several times, and I'm I'm a big fan of it. Um, I'm going to push back a little bit on what Donna says, and I think Ozzie Davis is the secret weapon of the movie. Um, Yeah, I think that's my one-line review. I don't don't have anything to add before we get into details. Uh, I I had seen this once before. This was my second time watching it. And nothing against Bruce Campbell. I, I do agree. I think Bruce, I think those two carry the film. It's not my favorite. It's, I still think it's weird as hell, but I always have a good time when we get to the end. And uh, and we'll get into, I know we'll get into that more as uh, this goes on. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, now for those of you that don't know what this is about, our good, good buddies at IMDb want you to know that Elvis Presley and a black JFK stay in a nursing home where nothing happens until a wayward Egyptian mummy comes and sucks out the old people's souls through their anuses. The two decide to fight back. I mean, that's surprisingly detailed for IMDb. Yeah. Oh, no, there was like more of it that goes on. Like there was like paragraphs. Whoever wrote this was like, like they were, uh, they were, they wanted you to know exactly what this was about. The premise of this is so preposterous and in a good way that I don't have anything to add. (laughs) Yeah. I, I really wonder if some writer just got really stoned one day and just like, pulled some rant uh, maybe maybe he opened up an encyclopedia and just pulled out some random ideas elvis presley jfk only let's make him black and oh a mummy and an old folks home and all right i'm gonna write a script now <laughs> I don't know. oh no the concept's wild like i 
I, I love the concept of it. My, I don't even want to say issue. I think where I get a little tired and bogged down is that they do so much world, world building in the nursing home. That's the only, that's my, it's like, okay, all right. Like the last 20 plus minutes when they're actually fighting Bubba Hotep, I am, I am here for, hell, I'm even here for the weird cockroach fight that goes on. Yeah, it's just the world building. Like, give me a little bit of flashbacks of Campbell as young Elvis at that age, you know, kind of setting that up, but. Well, youngish. You yeah. know what this, you know what this movie needed though? What? You know what's big in comedy? is the rule of three. What we needed was a third. We needed a third. I'm actually Marilyn Monroe. I'm actually Janis Joplin. We actually needed a third somebody. In the novella, there was an old woman who claimed to uh, be uh, John Dillinger post-transition. See? We needed that. We could have used that and less of the the two random uh, mortuary guys. Those those vignettes, I think, lifted right out, and they're not in the novella. They're like, oddly enough, the novella is startlingly similar to the movie. There's really not that much changing other than uh, Dillinger's cut out and they added in to people taking the corpses out. And I was like, "That that was the wrong move. They didn't add significantly. I think they were supposed to be comedy relief and they really weren't. Do you need comedy relief in this movie? No. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I don't, yeah, I do agree. They don't serve a purpose at all. Like, I mean, we don't need that transition to see this is what happens to, you know, the old people when they're dying after they've died. We didn't need that. No, I, I do agree. I think a third and doing something I I haven't read I didn't I knew it was based off of a novella I hadn't read it so the fact that there is somebody else in that oh I've been switched like I like I like that I would like to veer aside and talk about the nurse let's veer because I have I have two opinions about the nurse one I didn't think the nurse was that bad in the way she treated the patients um nurses infantilizing their patients is just that's just what nurses that's just that's just nursing it's just what they do one thing you walk into a room and you don't know what your patient's just going to behave like so you just walk in being super cheery and overly friendly um one and two um i have met very few nurses who are not very professional and direct and clinical about dealing with medical terminology. So I was really put off about, we have to do that little thing as opposed to, I need to put the steroid cream on your lesion. Um, I was really bothered by that. Um, So on the one hand, I thought the, the way the nurse was treating the patients was not inappropriate at all but on the other hand i was really put off by her not using clinical terminology so there that is my opening to the let's discuss the nurse i think that is another one of those things that they were still trying to do for comedic which i don't think we needed more you know what i mean i think the premise and then you're adding in campbell and then ozzy davis i don't think you need 
it's almost like we're all, they were competing for with those two on mm-hmm. like you've got the the morticians you've got her like we didn't need the like the overreach i guess maybe and this is coming from the person that likes airplane so you know that is comedy 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 uh um, yeah but that's kind of i i get what you're saying donna mm-hmm. i had this uh this client when i was still back in in school and i i i think about her a remarkable amount of times over um I was I was working over on the large animal barn and they brought in a bull and the story starts ridiculous fast. They brought in this bull and this bull's penis. This fits in with this story. Um, This bull's penis was wrapped with dirty strips of cloth. It actually looked like a mummy. And um, so I asked the client who was a kind of a middle aged woman. I asked the client what was going on. And she immediately informed me she was an RN. And I was like, oh, okay, so we can we can use doctor words, which I was immediately disabused of that notion when she informed me that the bull's penis had kind of a yeasty smell. And then she leaned in really close, I mean, really close, so that she could say, you know, like when we get a mm, down there, and I'm just kind of like, so maybe the nurse was fine in the movie. Mm, yeah. Mm, you're in our inn and you're going to use words like down there, down there. Mm. So, yep, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right, Mac. Maybe maybe there's a whole other school of nurses that uses words like down there. I mean, this is Southern Texas. We're in Oklahoma and there's certain things both states are not known to be really great on. So... Mm-hmm. As much as I hate to admit it, we do share a certain culture with <clears throat> down there. <laughs> it's my opinion of Texas, if that wasn't clear. So um, how much did we want to know about Sebastian Sass Elvis's penis? Did we did we have any remaining questions about Sebastian slash Elvis's penis? No, no. I mean, it is left in the movie certainly somewhat ambiguous as to whether or not he has cancer and is doomed at all. I think that is a question that is remaining. And I think it does self-sacrifice of Elvis, whether or not he's already at death's door or not. I mean, in a convalescent home like this, he's essentially pretty close to death's door anyway. But the question of the immediacy of his death is left ambiguous in the film. So, yes, Donna, I have additional questions about the state of Elvis's penis. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. Fair. I feel like that's the soundbite right there. <laughs> I grant your fundamental point that we do have a lot of information about Elvis's penis at the end of the movie. But I, I do... In a strictly story structure sort of way, I don't know if we have everything we need. Well, I'll tell you, at the beginning of the movie, we do know when the last time he jerked off was. At the end of the movie, we don't know when the last time he jerked off was. Yeah. We are we are left with questions. Many questions about Elvis Pianos, yes. There are a few films that leave leave, leave you leave the theater... <laughs> Wishing you had known Elvis's penis better. (laughs) 
I reserve judgment till we see Baz Luhrmann's Elvis coming up in a couple of weeks. That may. That's fair. <laughs> that may answer more questions. That may about answer more Elvis's questions. Penis. <laughs> that was actually uh, uh, Colonel Parker's nickname in the Memphis Mafia was Elvis's penis. <laughs> oh, I have a. I, I don't know if I co-sign on that joke. Having I just said it two seconds ago, I'm like. <laughs> suddenly like oh hmm. couldn't my wi-fi have been broken then no <laughs> my favorite part of that is you you roboted just a little bit on couldn't my wi-fi have been broken then that makes that makes that work even better <laughs> oh my goodness okay so um <laughs> since i don't think no this is not what ended up our our um poll question so what did we think of Bruce Campbell's Elvis? I really enjoyed Bruce Campbell's Elvis. And I enjoyed one of the things I remembered before I had watched this the second time was his Elvis, especially, le- you know, leading up to his time in the nursing home. Those were always my favorite parts, the parts I found most interesting. And that I really think, I think Campbell really shines. Like, I think just being that certain age and just that there's there's a little bit of of a ham with it but it's not like an overstuffed ham sandwich you know what i mean <laughs> like it's just it it has a nice balance and i i really enjoy i really enjoy it see i'm gonna need you to deliver that line again except say an overstuffed peanut butter and banana sandwich <laughs> okay an overstuffed peanut butter and banana sandwich. Okay, better, better. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was. It was really pretty good. And my favorite part about it was when he when he hit some of those classic Elvis lines. He hit them hard. I mean, he hit them solid. But when he was just like walking around, uh, it was it was a little more laid back. And I thought that was really appropriate. I thought that was really appropriate that he did that, that he, you know, hail to the king baby was 100 percent full on loaded Elvis. But just walking around, he was he was a little more laid back with it. And I thought that was that was actually very appropriate for it. That and, you know, he there's so there's enough pathos in his performance he it's not just an impression he's not just hitting those beats which i think there'd be plenty of performers who could do that um but he he's depicting the regret and and the sadness which i think and that hope of redemption which i think is what makes the movie work in those in that last act like you said kenzie it wasn't ultimately Elvis redeemed, it would be a very silly movie for silly movie's sake. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of heart in his performance. And like you said, with the regret, there's a lot of that. And yeah, I think that I think that a lot of that is on Campbell's shoulders, where you know, you've mentioned Ozzie Davis kind of being the unsung hero of this. I also think Campbell's heart, I think that's a another reason that the ridiculousness works. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and one thing as absurd as this role is, and let's be honest, this role is absurd. Um, I think it really gives credit to Bruce Campbell's strength as an actor. And just because of who he is and just be, I mean, 
don't get me wrong, I adore Bruce Campbell, but he does have a really overstated appearance. He's got that gigantic chin, you know, and he's he he has a rubbery face. And as a as a young man, you know, he was so gangly and skinny that he's always had these over the top roles. Um, but he's an outstanding actor. And so here he is doing this Elvis impression. But at the same time, as Max said, he's pulling in this old man who's really struggling with regrets and and struggling with the choices he's made in his life. And I mean, and you could see that. You can see that while he's pulling off this absurd role and some really ridiculous lines in a comedy movie and, and it works, you know, so I got to give him full credit for acting the hell out of that part. And, and I mean, God damn, Bruce, (laughs) man, 100%. And that's, like I said, that is, that is always with this film is him that I'm like, I know which beats I enjoy and I know, and, and, and it, a lot of it is him. And also, can we also talk about the makeup in this film for this being a non-existent budget film, the makeup, the old age makeup on Campbell is fantastic. Bubba Hotep's makeup is great. Like, especially when you're getting to see it, toward the end like they do they were very smart in the beginning kind of shadows and light but getting to see it in the end and then both of them like this is bright light for old age makeup which is not easy to do so i really i i'm always impressed with that as well mm-hmm. and the even the effects on the cockroaches which certainly appeared to be full-on uh practical effects yeah yeah which you know we all really enjoy practical effects um, were pretty good. They were pretty good practical effects. I, I would add to the the note about Bruce Campbell's performance is that you know yes he's a he's a good actor and he's giving a very great performance here, but he also exudes a a a singular movie star quality in that he can misbehave in large portions of the movie and still be charming. Like I think we even talked about it during The Shining. Like Jack Nicholson can be awful and you still kind of like him. And yeah. Bruce Campbell can be kind of awful and you still kind of like him. It's a, it's a wonder he never got to an A-list level of movie stardom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think, and again, I, I want to be very clear. I adore Bruce Campbell. He is high on my list of favorite actors anywhere. It's just, I think his looks are just a little weirdly exaggerated. And I think that's kind of what kept him off the A-list is, is that he's not classically um attractive he's his his attractive looks are exaggerated i think that's what did it had he been born 30 or 40 years later he would have been a big star yeah yeah for sure yeah well and he's he's one if you look back and like around the army of darkness time he was on the cusp of really being mainstream because Mm -hmm. of the adventures of briscoe county like everybody oh god that was so good (laughs) Everybody at Fox was like, no, this is going to be the show. This is going to be the hit. This is going to be it. And then the X-Files came along and kind of out of nowhere because they were both launched that same same year. And yeah, so it, I think it's in his book, uh, If Chins Could Kill, he talks about that. Yep. So I think he's, you know, I think he came close. I think it just, there were other factors that just, 
at the time and nothing against him or his talent or anything. It's just, mm-hmm. that's where they came. Yeah. Yeah. If, if anyone out there hasn't seen Briscoe County, I mean, it's an older show, man, it's good. Oh my gosh. It's good. It's really good. And then they stopped making it and you'll be sad. It's like, it's like when I introduced my friend to um, Firefly and then he got really mad at me because apparently I neglected to tell him that it got canceled. (laughs) (laughs) And and it's like Firefly, but without the guilt of having to take in. Yeah. Without having to. Of course, at the time I introduced it to him, we still thought Whedon was good. As opposed to willfully not. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I know we kind of talked about Ozzy Davis. So I love that. I love that his room one is so presidential and it's the nicest room in the nursing home. And then you've got like a recreation of the Dallas shooting. You've got pictures of Lee Harvey Oswald and Jack Ruby on the wall, like their mug shots. I love that. Above his bed. Yes. Uh Like it's, oh, it's so good. And what did he ask Elvis? Do you know, do you know Lee Harvey Oswald? Do you act, do you know Jack Ruby? Yeah, he and did you have anything to do with the Dallas yeah. situation? Yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah, it's just it's so good. Just just you know, and he just he really is the straight man to Campbell, and they both just play off each other so well. And when he was down and unconscious, and Elvis found that scar on the back of his head, that was pretty sharp. Mm-hmm. That was pretty good. And then if you even take it as a, a, a on it, on its face that he's just dealing with some degree of senility, it, it depicts him with the senility, but also as a hero. Like he he did he still has agency in the story and, and an arc and, and his own redemption to to play out. So it doesn't shy away from the reality of he may not have all of his faculties together but also doesn't dehumanize him in the same right. way. That's a very neat, a very difficult needle to thread. And, the, and I think the movie did that very nicely. Mm-hmm. I agree. That's assuming he's not really JFK, which I, 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 again, as with Elvis's penis, I don't think we have enough information to conclusively say what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> and the delivery of some of those lines, man, did he nail some of those lines? My gosh. Donna, you wanted to talk about translations. Yeah, yeah. Mac Mac actually had uh, had some some translations that he recorded. Yeah, uh, they were my they were my pitch for quote. Uh, now this top line translates into Pharaoh gobbles donkey goobers, and the bottom line, which is my favorite line in the movie, Cleopatra does the nasty. <laughs> Y'all don't understand. Goobers breaks me. Just goobers breaks me and. <laughs> The fact that they have this, like, oh, man, chef's kiss. Just, oh, gosh, the goobers kills me. Like, Cleopatra does nasty. That's fine, but, man. And the subtitles in the final act, too. Yeah. (laughs) That they just kind of, like, very, like, 3D come at you, like. (laughs) Would you like to know what I thought this movie was about? And, in fact, I continued to think what this movie was about until we got well into the second act. I thought that Bruce Campbell's character, Elvis, was going to be somehow related to the mummy. In fact, you know, the the opening where they talked about how um, 
Hotep was a relative of the um, Pharaoh, mm -hmm. um, I continued to think that um, Elvis was going to be somehow related to the um, the mummy. And when when he started becoming stronger and more um, vital, I thought that was because of his relationship with the mummy. And I hung on to that belief for a good part of the movie. That is an interesting take. Yeah. And I, I finally had to let go of that belief. Um, it finally was like, okay, this is clearly not what's going on here. But I wanted it to be true. I do like, though, with it breaking down, you know, what Hotep means, what Bubba means. It's letting you know what you're getting into without saying specifically what you're getting into. But it's also giving you like, look, this is going to be 90 minutes of shenanigans mm -hmm. and you better be here for it. Yep. 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 So someone stole that mummy and then ran off a bridge with it. Yep, there was a bad tornado that knocked it off the... So the mummy's no longer trapped in a coffin. Yep. So that was the actual mummy. Yeah. That Elvis Presley set on fire and burned to death with the help of JFK in a wheelchair. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I just want to make sure I got the plot. Yeah. Okay, all right. With a combination of rubbing alcohol and gasoline. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Out of a, basically a pus, a pus, oh my gosh, pest control. <laughs> yeah. A, a garden sprayer. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. I don't have a yeah. problem with that. No. It or works. The, or the cigar that Elvis was smoking while handling this mixture. You know, there's certain things in this that are very, that I feel like they got that was very on brand for the real life Elvis. And I feel like that is one of them of him smoking that cigar. Like, because there's a story about him having handguns out just in the middle of his living room, shooting in his living room. So I feel like the cigar with that much uh, gasoline and rubbing alcohol, I feel like that's on brand. Mm -hmm. Same thing with him having the medicine bag. That's on to me, that feels very on brand for. Elvis in real life, like something he would do. Yeah, I could have done without it, but at the same time, I was like, "Yeah, I can't, I can't argue." Yeah, I can't the, argue. The man that went to Nixon and decided he wanted to be a special drug agent to while high as a kite, <laughs> while high as a kite to infiltrate. Like, like there are some things that are like, like that's just to me that that's just on brand for just the wildness that is Elvis. Yeah, yeah, that tracks. Yeah, that. That tracks. Because that's why I didn't call shenanigans on that. Because I'm like, no, the real life Elvis would have had that. And would have, I was like, no, that, yeah. All right. Yeah. Do we have anything else? Like, I feel like this is going to be a short episode. I mean. It's looking pretty short. I mean, you know, there's not actually that much going on. There was, you know, there was Kimasavi who got yeah murdered. The only, the only thing I haven't mentioned was um, the delivery of the word asshole <laughs> which i just really enjoyed i just enjoyed that <laughs> asshole uh the only things i the only things i would add uh i really like the score i thought and brian tyler now does a lot bigger movies than this and it's a like i i would listen to the score to this just on its own um the medicine bag at the end was a little eh, but it's almost in that sense that, you know, grandpa's not going to be around much longer. So I disapprove, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to make a point of it. Um, and uh, what was the other thing? Oh, uh, the daughter of the roommate throwing 
the Purple Heart away. I'm like, she could have pawned that. I don't, I don't quite get throwing the, you know, fairly rare uh, item that could, certainly probably has a second market for it. Actually, thank you for mentioning that because that does bring up something I wanted to, to say that forgotten one of the i'm almost going to say characters one of the one of the monsters in this movie is the treatment of the elderly which is something that comes up almost every time we see an old folks home in a movie is the treatment mm -hmm. of the elderly um you know they're just kind of tucked away and it's it's a kind of an existential horror because we're we're all facing the uncertainty of of old age and what's going to happen and the way she treated his belongings spoke to just a complete lack of value to his life even a purple heart which was something that he undoubtedly valued immensely and she was just going to yeah. throw it in the garbage uh which spoke to you know she valued him and his life not at all which is a, a type of horror yeah absolutely but even then depicting her not valuing him i don't get throwing away the purple heart because it has because there's money to be had as well yeah there yeah there was some intrinsic value to it that she could have she could have gotten out of it but I see your point. I think they were just going for yeah. the 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 point mm -hmm. of she didn't value his life. Yeah, she didn't but, value his life, and she's not that bright. Yeah, we'll just we'll, we'll we'll leave it at that. But I think that's about all I had. Uh yeah, we've we've hit my notes, so I guess let's let's move into rule poll and quote. So, Macula, you have a rule. Ah, uh, it's never too late to be a better person, which I think is strip away Elvis's penis and the mummies. That's what this movie's about. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I did fight really, I did fight for watch your ass, but it's a little bit on the nose and I kind of like the more heartwarming. Yeah. I think uh, you have a better time with this movie if you're, if you feel heartwarmed by it at the end. Yeah. 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 Right. I agree. Uh, we kind of went back and forth on quotes as we kind of mentioned earlier you know, Mac wanted to do the translation about Cleopatra and the goobers. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to do the line that had asshole in it. Yeah, that one was a good one. But just because of that word. <laughs> but what we ended up settling on was never, never fuck with the king. And yeah, I think that's just, that's a good, that's a good, just good piece of advice. <laughs> <laughs> and Donna, you have our poll. I do have our poll. Was that was Sebastian Half actually Elvis Presley? Did did Elvis survive into the early two thousands to battle a mummy? Mm -hmm. Aaron uh, Elvis Aaron Aaron Presley. Presley. Yes, I like. I, to I oh, sorry, Matt. Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. I like to think it is like, uh, like his motivations for just being tired of it all. Like I get I. I can see that. So yeah, I like to think this is really Elvis. And yeah, he yeah, he lost his paperwork because he hasn't had to be responsible for himself as a person for a very long time. So yeah, of course he would lose his paperwork and you know get too aggressive with his kicks and you know break his hip. So yeah, I I hundred percent think this is Elvis Aaron Presley fighting a mummy in the early two thousands. I have two answers. Uh one I wanna say Yes, because 
the the canon Elvis unraveled completely and couldn't get control over his own life again. Whereas Babahotep Elvis was still, you know, living too extremely, but he got off the drugs. He he eventually made peace with himself. And I think that's a much more heroic picture of Elvis rather than what ended up happening to Elvis. So I want to believe, yes, the, the second version of the answer is I'm not sure it matters. I don't think the movie plays different if he is Sebastian half in a delusion or Elvis Presley caught in a lie. Uh, the, the, the strengths are still the strengths and the weaknesses are still the weaknesses. I, I, you extend it to is Ozzy Davis really JFK? And I think that the movie probably points more conclusively to no on that because it's asking for a lot more to buy into that story. But his presence in the story, I don't think is affected either way. So you can believe it either way and the movie still plays the same. I wish I'd gone second because I like Max answer. Um, <laughs> but I think the movie gives us a strong argument for yes. I think the movie gives us a strong argument for yes, that actually is Aaron, Elvis Aaron Presley. I don't know why I've suddenly got stuck on Aaron. Um, I have two arguments for no, and one of them is a really fiddly nitpicky argument for no, and that is that Elvis Presley was a natural blonde. So, um, so the guy stuck in the nursing home would probably have been blonde. Um, but two, he never once called his daughter by name. Okay. So he referred to Priscilla by name a lot, but whenever he talked about his daughter, he never called her by name, which makes me think that when he was talking about his daughter, he was talking about Sebastian's daughter. Sincere regret for how Sebastian treated Sebastian's daughter. Interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. So um, I think when he talked about his daughter, he came out of his delusion and talked about real regrets. So. That that's a very persuasive argument for no, and I had not thought of that. It, it, to go back it, and, and reading some of the subtext, bringing it back to yes, when uh, when he sees the Elvis movie marathon on TV and he says mm -hmm. they were all shit, I don't believe a Elvis fanatic on the level of Sebastian Half could even in a delusional state bring himself to admit that Elvis's movies were bad possible yeah that's a good and see to me that's a good argument that going the other way yeah. going the mm -hmm. other way is because elvis hated doing those movies elvis you know he he hated them but the colonel mm -hmm. wanted him to do them so this is what when you when your mother is a huge elvis fan this is just things that you have just naturally absorb and <laughs> is random knowledge about the king and yeah so i okay. i think you both make really good cases for yes or no and I don't know, it's kind of nice, the the mm -hmm. ambiguity. And I just kind of said that really weird. So, but it's fine. It's fine. Okay. So there oh, we go. There we go. We don't know. <laughs> we don't know. Uh, I'm going to go first this week on Happy Place, if y'all don't mind. So Hulu dropped their trailer, full trailer, not teaser trailer, for their film Prey, which is going to be uh, a new Predator film, for those of you that didn't know. But while this is my happy place is because 
Prey will be available on Hulu entirely in the Comanche language option or with Comanche subtitles, which is the first time a feature-length movie on a direct-to-consumer streaming platform has been available in the Comanche language in its entirety. This is freaking huge because I'm Comanche and that is my people. And so the fact to see, one, that it's about Comanche siblings, those of you know, I have a little brother, and two, that of fact that it's just being able to see my language and hear my language that way I I'm yeah that's my happy place I think it's it's huge and it's amazing that's fantastic so yeah, yeah that's very cool I'll, I'll go next um classes have started um at, at my college and I'm teaching again this summer um despite my complaints last time I actually do just really thrive teaching in front of a class and my classes this summer are just awesome I really I really enjoy them my 9 a.m class is just so full of life and so full of energy and I just love them and they have decided to start calling me doc and um I just really like that um so and and they consistently call me their favorite professor they've known me a week and they call me their favorite professor so yay um so they 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 give me life i came up with my happy place for this episode uh about a day after the last time we recorded which was about two weeks ago so it's been on the list and usually i'm scrambling to come up with my happy place shortly after we we do the real poll and quote um so uh, bouncing around the various streaming services that are obligatory to, uh, to for all of us to subscribe to now. I saw a bunch of Hitchcock movies on Peacock, including Rope, which I had never seen. And so I thought a couple of weeks back, I'm going to sit down and watch Rope after noticing, noticing that it was on Peacock uh, previously. So I sat down and then at that point, it was not on Peacock anymore. Oh. And it was not on any streaming service. So it was stuck in my head. And I will go to vintage stock on occasion and all that sort of stuff. And so... I checked every vintage stock in town. I checked Gardner's. I checked everywhere for a copy of Rope on DVD. Couldn't find it. At the end of everything, I was like, okay, fine. I'll check Barnes & Noble. And Barnes & Noble had it. Now, yes, I could have gone to Amazon and gotten a copy of Rope in a day, but there was something uniquely thrilling about the hunt and and, and finding the thing. So my happy place is I've got that DVD of Rope. I'm going to watch it today with a pint of low-fat coffee ice cream with dark chocolate syrup, and the world will not exist other than rope. I hope it's very, very good. I think it's going to be good regardless, just because yeah. of, like you said, the hunt. Like I, I, Mac, when you started talking about that, I get that. Like there are certain things of just hunting for something. Like oh, like finding it in the wild is just mm-hmm. it's it's great. So no, I oh, I hundred percent get that. So I think it's going to be great regardless because it's it's sweeter right the moment i found it at barnes and noble just that <gasps> somebody must have thought i was having a heart attack in the middle of barnes and noble like <gasps> yeah nobody in the world was doing the same hunt that i was doing because people don't hunt for things that way anymore but no yeah. <laughs> that's and there's nothing and there's nothing wrong with that either if you don't want to hunt that's fine but i get it sure you know but for me i had to do it nice all right well uh, you can find us on social media. We're uh, on Twitter at Beyond Cabin, Instagram at Beyond Cabin. We have our Facebook page, Beyond the Cabin in the Woods, our website, beyondthecabininthewoods.com. I'm on Instagram and Twitter as at Callista77. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Dragon Goblin 
uh, there's no I in Goblin. I mostly put up affirmations on Instagram, um, various random stuff on Twitter. I have re-unprotected my tweets because I feel safe again. Uh, I can be found on Twitter, essentially, because I, I don't, I haven't quite wrapped my head, or, head around why Instagram needs to be a thing when Twitter also exists. Part at Party Apocalypse, uh, PartyApocalypse.com, uh, books, blogs, movie reviews, other podcasts I'm on, including this one, uh, now on that Yay! site. Yay! Uh, including uh, the holodeck is broken, a Star Trek rewatch podcast that airs on Fridays. That this that that Beyond the Cabin of the Woods does not air, and Friendables two talk two friends talking about Hannibal Lecter, which airs on Mondays every other Monday. As always, thank you to our editor Billy, who makes us sound fantastic. Thank you, Billy. <laughs> also, thank you all to, for listening. We do appreciate it, and don't read the lab. Marble. Ha, 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 ha.